the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 70. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning, Tammy. I feel like it's been too long since I've talked to you. I know. (laughs) That just means that we have successfully scheduled this summer. Uh, Yes, I think we've done a really good job. I know the listeners know, you know, they think we're just recording every week, but we're not. We're kind yeah. of, we've bundled some of these interviews and given ourselves some space this summer. And, ugh, that was so needed. It's been nice, right? I'm like, how can we do this all the time? Although it has allowed me to really just get in the weeds with my own projects. But that's, mm. that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. I know you've been working so hard on lots of little things that I don't know a lot about. So I'm hoping we could do an episode where we talk about like our summer forays and creative forays. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I have been for two weeks, I've been really diligently working on, on a website revamp. My website needed some attention. And the more I started thinking about it, it, it's, I'm redirecting it a little bit and I'm really excited about it. It's it, by the time this airs, it, it should all, it should be completed. But, um, yeah, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. Hmm. Well, I've been watching, I just caught this morning, some things that you shared on Instagram, um, with the art that you're creating for it. And I gasped and I was like, <gasps> okay, I can't wait to see. And, and also, Thank the, you. also the direction, I love it. also the direction, it looks like you're expanding some components to your website and what you're offering I am it's more um it'll be like walking into Sandra's world whereas before um it was more of a community focused website Mm. um and it's not that that is not going away that community aspect of it will still be there but I it's more it's going to be more about me and reflect my work and my services and you know my creativity and I'm I'm excited about it I'm super excited do you feel you feel ready like that's time like you're ready to step into that I guess so I mean you know it's so funny I, I don't know I you you do you know if you if you do what you do and you've done it for a long time after a while it's like I, I don't know I I just Oh, I guess I just assume everybody knows what I do, but then it's like, no, I'm not presenting it in a, in a, in a concise package. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're assuming, no, because we're assuming everybody's like, like, um, you know, like our friend, like, oh, they've been following along. Right. Uh, they, they know what's up. They know what we're you know, about I with write this. Yeah. and I make art and I, you know, uh, do all these things, but I don't think every, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not 
presented in a it hasn't been present presented in a very concise package and now it will be it'll be like kind of stepping in I'm kind of imagining in it like if you stepped into my studio what that would look like or my brain (laughs) oh I've had the privilege so I get it and I think that I can already see where you're going with this and I'm very excited Yay, thank you. And your website looks great. And you and and Natalie's websites look fantastic. And um, I was already I was already planning on changing it up. But that sort of gave me a little bit of direction looking at both of you girls sites. Um, It's like, okay, I think I I think I've got it now. Yeah, you know, the the I think I might have shared, I can't remember because I know we've done these episodes in kind of random fashion this summer and I can't remember this the anyhow, it doesn't matter. I can't remember if I said this, but my creative coach that I was working with, the abstract painter, Kaylin Buten, she was the one that pointed out, she was like, I'm looking at your website and I don't see you. Mm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Well, I'm on the front I'm on the front page. It's my picture. It's and she's like, as a little girl. And she's like, but I don't see you, like the painter that you are right now, like what your your show. I don't I don't see like what you do. I see that you do a lot of community building, and mm-hmm. you showcase a lot of other people, and you work with your podcast. And she's like, which is all great if that's really important, you know, to to your to your body of work. If that's and I said, well, I don't know if I consider that my body of work. So that's interesting. So mm-hmm. she gave me a lot of things to think about, and it was about showing up. And yeah, people don't, people who are just tuning in or just following me on Instagram or just starting this conversation, um, they don't know. Right. They don't know. Right. And, and that's right. pretty, it's pretty kind of like, we're just assuming everybody, oh, everybody knows about us. You know, they, they <laughs> clearly, they know all about clearly us. Clearly, you know, I've been doing this shit for 20 years. Gosh. Clearly, you know that I'm a photographer and I sew and I do all this. Yeah, I know. No. I know. It's so... I know. And it's, and you're right. It is. It's sort of giving yourself, I mean, we talk about giving permission, giving yourself permission all the time, but it is, it's about giving yourself permission to just go, actually, I am all these things. And here it is in a, in a little bundle. Mm -hmm. And here I am. Yeah. It's, it feels brave and kind of vulnerable to do that too, to kind of own it, to kind of own it. But I think that, I think that's great. I think that's, um, it's needed, right? Like a little refresh. Like even mine isn't totally how I want it, but I'm like, it needs to change from what it was. Um, yes. Even I had a hard time navigating it. So I was like, if I'm having a hard time navigating this site and finding where I sell things, probably other people are having a hard time finding it. So, um, yeah. And then Tiffany Hahn mentioned too, when I was chatting on a group, on a group call for coaching was that um, talking about storytelling and like, Assuming that everybody knows our story is is part of the problem, we have to we have to remind them, you mm-hmm. know. And if if we just keep assuming that everybody knows the story, um, I don't know. It's kind of I don't know. We're skipping a step there, you know. And um, so I'm working on that too. I'm working. Right. On that. It's been a challenge this month. So okay, I can't wait until it launches, and and I'm sure by the time this airs, it might have launched, right? Yeah, it should be all yeah. done. Where can Actually, people find you so that they know if they? Oh, new? it's still it's still the unruffle.com. Yeah, I'm not sure. changing that. It's still that. But um, they might not know. See, I'm yeah, not saying. the unruffled. <laughs> right, I assume that everyone knows the unruffled.com. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, we have so much to catch up on. We'll do that. Yes, in another we episode. do. We, we do. We need a whole thing. So, 
Anyway, today. Yeah. You want to jump in? Yeah. Why don't you jump in and start? Yeah. Today, we are so happy to talk with our friend, Diana Unlu. Um, Diana is a proud, sober woman, a mom, and a wife. She is originally from Mexico, and she lives here in Austin, where I reside as well. Um, She is a forever student of life, as well as a yoga teacher. She is currently going through a 300-hour yoga teacher training at the same studio where she teaches Del Sol in Austin, Texas. She is passionate about living a healthy lifestyle, finding balance between mind, body, and spirit. She loves to cook, exercise, travel, listen to music, the outdoors, connecting with people and creating a safe, honest space for others to thrive. Yeah, and she has some new exciting projects in the making, um, which include her passion for cooking, yoga, and wellness. You can find her at my soul and bowl b o w l on Instagram, where she shares a lot of her recipes, as well as a peek into her life and lifestyle. You can also find her at Diana Unlu um, on on her OG Instagram account, where she uh, shares her thoughts, points of view, and talks more about sobriety, especially in the earlier posts. And she was also one of my Ray of Light interviews that I did in 2017. And if you Google Diana Unlu, Ray of Light, um, her interview is number 34. And you can see her beautiful face and read more about her story. But we're going to tell, tell you more about it right here because she's with us. <laughs> Welcome, Diana. Hey, good morning. How is that to hear us talking about you? And like, you, how did that feel? Uh, it felt good and interesting. I'm listening to you. And for a second, I was about to step out of the kitchen and make a cup of tea. And I forgot, oh, hold on. I have to. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I'm she's, about like, to talk to them. <laughs> she's like, you two just keep going. Just keep going talking I, about me. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm delighted. Thank you. I'm very grateful to be here. Oh, well, I sh- was going to say we might have said this at the top, should have said this at the top of the show, but this is our Sober Sister Summer series that we're having. And we're trying to interview women that we know personally or have interacted with um, and have a relationship with so that these conversations can kind of just easily flow. And um, so I, we've, I've met you a couple of times and you live there in Austin near Sandra, but I feel so happy that you're here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Deanna, why don't you tell our listeners um, how we all met? I think, I can't remember if you and I met before you met Tammy. I don't know. Maybe you remember. Yeah, I do remember. Um, I met Tammy first. I met Uh Tammy at She Recovers. Oh, that's right. In New York. And it was very, it was briefly. I kind of, I knew her by then. We have probably exchanged a few messages or something on Instagram. Um, And I met her through Holly Whitaker. And I said hi to her. I don't know if you remember, Tammy. I said hi to you and Natalie and Becky and... It was, um, we chat maybe for like 10 minutes, something very quick. But I remember then I was almost a year sober and I was kind of thinking about coming back to AA. So I was asking around and and just seeing who of the people that I admire and that I love were doing AA, how I felt. And we talked a little bit about AA, you, Becky and I, and um, 
well, that was the first time I met you. And then, Sandra, I met you at that little coffee shop. Remember that? Um, right. Before um, before uh, Laura McCowan's? Um, yes, and, and Holly's mm-hmm. workshop. And you couldn't mm-hmm. make it, but you came to the coffee. That's place. right. That's right. That's right. I mean, I loved you. As soon as you came, I'm like, oh, I like her a lot. Um, uh, same. <laughs> well, and Deanna, I have to, I have to tell you that you are a beautiful person inside and out. You are, but in real life, you are stunning. And I just need to let our listeners know if you get to meet Deanna in real life, I hope that you're well dressed and you feel kind of put together because <laughs> Deanna thing. is gorgeous and she has an effervescence. And you are just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman inside and out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you. Well, I felt the same about you. You came in and you were like just bright and colorful and just your voice. And and I felt like I've known you for a long time. I feel the same way about you too. And I was right now just talking. I feel like I just saw you two weekends ago. And no, that's not true. It's, <laughs> right. But <laughs> feel like that. So yeah, that's how I met you. And then after that, Sandra, you came. I came over and we had a photo shoot and you made me this delicious lunch and we talked and we could have hung out forever. And then you came to the women's circle. I did for a little bit. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there the whole time, but, but I did hang out with you guys and, um, in the apartment that Tammy was saying. And I mean, just, yeah, it's lovely. Oh my gosh. So much fun. That was a fun weekend. The after the evenings were really just so great to chat and ca- catch up. And when we meet people online, right, we're, 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 we're liking pictures and saying some encouraging things and, you know, maybe a private message here and there. But to actually, like, sit down. Um, Sandra, I know you were exhausted and couldn't come that last night, Saturday night. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But Deanna I rolls up. I, we, I text the group of them and, and Deanna, her husband drops her off. Right, Deanna? Yes. He drops her off. <clears throat> She's like, what can I bring? And, and we had, you know, sh- she shows up with these incredible, amazing desserts. Like, where did you get those? That was from your favorite place, right? Your Some of them were from Whole Foods and then other ones were from my favorite, like, um, vegan um, shop here, yeah. Skulls and Kidbones, and tons of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She walked in and we're like, well, let's have this first. <laughs> so like, I didn't wait for dinner. I had dinner already, so I was ready for dessert. And you're like, yeah. oh, we're having this first. And then you have your pizza. Because <laughs> we, we, we can do that now that we don't drink. We're like, you know what? Dessert yeah. first? Sure. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we're grown-ups. We are adults now. We can we can make those decisions. That's right. Yeah. But it was really fun because um, what it feels when we are together is just so effortless and like honest and we can talk about everything and just there's this yeah. lightness and you know this connection it just feels feel really good oh, it was great it was amazing I got my um my soul filled up that weekend it was really beautiful it was really beautiful it was a great yeah. it was a great weekend agreed oh well so let's let's just dig in a little bit so our listeners can get to know your story a little bit um and I know that you've told your story I, when I um, sent you the interview questions for the Ray of Light. Um, so after I met you in May, 
I asked mm-hmm. you if you would mind being part of that series. And I got to do a little bit of art around your image. And um, I wanted you to share with our listeners, you know, how you came to the decision to quit drinking. And maybe what, what did that look like for you? Okay. So I think that this decision of stop, stop drinking has like two parts or maybe it's like two stories because mm-hmm. this is my second time being sober. So that's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I started sobriety in 2013. That was my first time. And I was sober for over a year. And then I went back drinking. And, and then this time around was in 2016. Actually, um, July 16 of 2016, I just celebrated my two years of sobriety. Oh, congratulations. Just, congrats. Thank you. Super happy. So the first time, the first time when you quit, you did it a year, and then you needed to do a little more research out in the field. Well, yeah. So what happened is, um, okay, to leave you to give you just a little bit of background. So I'm from Mexico. In Mexico, it's not drinking among women is really not a thing. It, I can tell you, it's a very cultural thing. Me being Mexican, married to a man, you know, my husband is from Turkey, and I, we just came back from Turkey. The, the culture about drinking um, targeted to women, it's really, really big here in the States. We all know that. But then when you step out of here and you actually, you know, like me, I actually have friends in Mexico and I see how they live. Um, drinking is not a big thing in Mexico for women, maybe for men a little bit more. But it's more about celebrating, you know, in wedding, weddings, parties, barbecue, stuff like that. But it's. Drinking on a Wednesday afternoon just because it's not really a thing. It's so, the ugly Americans who go there and do that, right? I mean, I can tell you the time <laughs> that college people were like, oh, let's have a tequila shot. You're from Mexico. And I'm like, we don't do that. Right. It's it's Wednesday at noon. Yeah, we don't. Right. You know, we, we sip our little tequila. We don't drink shots of tequila. But it's, it's different. So it's different, you know, definitely it's a cultural thing. And so I didn't, I didn't see my mom drinking with her friends or my sister or anything like that. So drinking wasn't my thing or was not really in my life. And then I moved to Boston when I was 21. Um, I needed to, I wanted to practice my English. I wanted to get a job that I that one of the jobs that I wanted to get, I couldn't get it. So I wanted to practice my English and my dear friend was living in Boston. My dear friend who passed away a few months ago Mm. and she was there and she told me, why don't you come and, you know, just be here and see if you like it. So of course from Mexico, a small town, well, I call it a city, but my husband calls it a town, but whatever he's from Istanbul, everything for him is a town. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I moved to Boston and I was 21 years old and all of a sudden my world was just like, wow, you know, this big, beautiful city with all these international people. And I just felt amazing. And that's when I started drinking. Um, that's when alcohol came to my life. And I really liked it. I mean, looking back, I think that um, I found this little connection with it very quickly. And um, it wasn't a problem for many years. Like a lot of us happened. It wasn't a problem. I was just drinking like a 
you know, 20 year old girl in college drinks and maybe sometimes a little bit more or whatever, but it wasn't a big deal. Um, I got married, we moved to Austin and I got, you know, and I got pregnant, had my son. And so I was in my thirties, 30, I was 30 here. And I felt really lonely. Um, I didn't have my friends. We moved here. Sandra, you know where I live in the suburbs in Southwest mm -hmm. Austin. And I was like a city girl in downtown Boston. And that was a big change for me. So I felt really lonely and sad and with a new baby and no help in a big house. It was just a lot. And I started to meet friends and neighbors and, you know, American friends. And, um, and we just started to do what people do with what, you know, what young, young moms do to drink, to, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. We have to just, just get together and have some drinks. And oh my God, you know, Friday, play date, martinis, and we'll do all these kind of silly things. Um, and that's when I started to drink more. That's when the drinking started to change. Um, I would drink, as I said, on a Wednesday and Friday, of course, because it's Friday and Saturday. Well, maybe not, or maybe yes. So just started to drink more. My husband doesn't really drink much. So that was a problem for me <laughs> back then. I'm like, you need to have another cocktail with me. And he didn't want to do that. Yeah, I always tried to rope my husband into more or anybody really. But yeah. um, Wednesday was a big deal. It's funny that you say that because I, I, I coined this little Rosé Wednesday party at my house um, in the summertime. Um, because, yeah, kids kids are all out of school. I'm bored, basically. <laughs> I want yeah. people to drink with. I want an excuse to drink. And because I wasn't a morning drinker, I wanted to drink as soon in the afternoon as I possibly could. So I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how when, when it started to develop, when I started to drink more, when I started to drink more that I wanted, and then I would do things that I didn't want to do, like call somebody, I don't know, my cousin that I haven't spoken to in 20 years. And I would look in the morning, I'm like, why did I call that person again? And things like that started happening. But, you know, then, it, but it looked like that. It looked like, oh, maybe I'm drinking too much, maybe, oh, but still not a problem, I think, a big problem. Then I, I got pregnant with my daughter. Um, and then after I had my daughter, I had postpartum depression, which I didn't really pursue because of the way I am, my upbringing, my, you know, um, you have something, get over it, look at all the beautiful things you have, um, and you're fine, you know, just you're okay. You're just tired. You're, you're a mom of a three-year-old and a baby. That's normal. But the reality is that I was, uh, I had depression and I was very sad and I started to, I mean, I'm always kind of like a nervous person. I'm on the go, 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 but I started to develop anxiety. Um, and, and so it was, it wasn't good. And that's when I started again, like drinking even more. Now my drinking progress to another level. Now I would drink, um, before my husband would come home, you know, like as you start hiding things a little bit, you start like changing things and adding one more day or things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, did you feel like you were kind of self-medicating your anxiety or, or your depression as well? 
Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, the main thing I was trying to do, I was, um, I have insomnia, I don't sleep a lot. So either to go to sleep to, you know, or either to just cope with what I thought it was so difficult to do, which it is, it is hard to have two kids and, and, and everything. But, you know, I didn't know what else to do that just drink and calm your nerves. And that's what you need to do. Right. So, I kept drinking more like that. And I started to be like a little bit more like an issue. Things will happen and I will be sad, but I would try every day. I would wake up and like get ready and get cute and take the kids somewhere. So I could feel like I am, I don't have a problem because look, you know, if I can get up in the morning, get my stuff together and my kids together and, and do something, certainly I'm fine. So I kept just doing that. And then one day I was driving with the kids. It was early in the morning. Well, no, it was like mid-morning or something. I was taking them to, to the library after a big night of drinking, like a lot. So I was hangover, dehydrated the whole nine yards. And I'm driving and I started feeling weird. And I've never had a panic attack before. So I didn't know what it was. Kind of, kind of thought, you know, it was that, but I didn't know. And I started to, so I was driving and I started to just feel all the things you, you guys know, mm -hmm. um, sweaty palms, the couldn't breathe the heart. And it was just kept going and going. And I felt just couldn't drive anymore. So I parked somewhere and I called my husband, he came and, and he got us. And then I said, listen, probably it's just nerves and I'm, you know, anxious, but I want to go to the urgent clinic just to make sure. And he's like, okay. So we went to the urgent clinic and they came and they checked on me. They did an EKG, all those things. And then the doctor comes back after like two minutes and he's like, Hey, we are, the ambulance is, is on its way and we're taking you to the hospital because you're having a heart attack. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, no, just give me yeah. something. Like, give me something to calm down. Like, I'm not. And it's just, you know, what they say that everything kind of comes flashing, like, you know, in your, like, all the feelings. And, mm -hmm. like, no, this is, and I, and I actually told the, the doctor, I'm like, my husband can take me. He's outside. He's like, ma'am, you don't understand. The ambulance is on its way. You'll be going to the hospital right now. So that, that happened. They took took me to the house and I was at this moment girls because I didn't have a heart attack at the end was my anxiety mimicking like a heart attack and you know yeah. I had but I was feeling pain and I was feeling you know my left arm all those things were real yeah mm -hmm. so I had the same I've had the exact same panic attack as that yeah, yeah. it is unreal that's so interesting though that they that they put the, they did the little EKG thing on you and they still just thought that maybe you were having a heart attack. It really does mimic, it really can mimic a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. They did it twice. So the first time, and then they came back and they're like, we think something might be off. Let's do it again. And that's when they came and took me. So, um, yeah, that was very scary. So they took me to the hospital. And of course, what do you do next day? Appointment with your doctor. And at that moment, I felt so 
I was so afraid of what had happened to me. Once I learned that it wasn't nothing, you know, it was nothing with my heart. It was just anxiety and all that, that I went to my doctor and I, and he told me, well, he diagnosed me within like two minutes. He's like, you have depression, you have anxiety, you need to be in antidepressants and um, anti-anxiety medication. And I'm like, yes, yes, and yes, give me anything, whatever, but I never want to feel this way again. Now, did you for even one minute think, oh, my God, I did this to myself because I was so hungover? Because, I mean, that that I mean, I was like when I had my panic attack that was similar to that, I immediately was like, oh, my God, they're going to find out that I'm that I did this to myself because I am so extremely hungover. I mean, I was like wretchedly hungover. Um, Did you ever did you ever feel that? Did you put those things together? You know, no, I didn't. I didn't. And I also, I was trying, I think at that moment, at that time, I was really playing this role of I am just depressed and I have anxiety. And like, even though my family were looking at me, "Mm, she's drinking a little bit too much. I think I, I did a very good job on putting the focus on I have anxiety and depression. Look at this part. Don't look at the drinking. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, really. Diagnose me with anything else but being, you know, al- alcoholic or whatever, you know, di- diagnose me with anything. Yeah, I've, I definitely, uh, you know, felt that way, too. Like, I would rather be a depressed, anxious yeah. person than an alcoholic, please. <laughs> For sure. And I wasn't really drinking um, around my friends that much. So no one really knew, even my husband didn't know because, because by the time he would come, I would be like a little drunk or whatever, but then time to go to sleep, he would go to sleep. It was, I, I had played it well. The only person that knew really the extent of my drinking was my therapist because remember I was depressed. So I was going to my therapist to see a therapist and I, I am a lot of things. I'm very honest. Um, I wasn't with my family, but with her, I was. And so she knew everything. So anyway, one of the red flags that now looking back, and I think I talked to you, Tammy, about this, is that when I was talking to my doctor and he's like, well, I'm going to prescribe you this and that and all that. I'm like, okay. And then I asked him, I mean, casually, and I said, can I drink while taking this medication? I mean... Come on, who asked? <laughs> right, people who like to drink. Exactly. Right, <laughs> yeah, people who are gonna hang on with every yeah. all their might. Yeah. Oh, gosh, and and he was. He said, "Well, yeah, you can. I mean, occasionally, and uh, maybe one, you know, small drink, one or two drinks, and that's all I needed to hear. That means, you know, okay. Um, so." Then, Meaning that he gave you permission, uh, like that was permission for you? Yeah, I yeah. felt like he gave permission. You know, if he had said like, no, you can't drink, you will die. Because, you know, I would probably be like, whoa. But just the fact that he said, yeah, occasionally one or two drinks, I felt, okay, so you, you, you don't die. I mean, I was very naive. I didn't know much. I was just like, yeah. um, you know, trying to get rid of that anxiety and depression. So I started taking that, that medication. I didn't drink for some time, maybe for a couple of months because I was nervous um, and medication kind of started working. Uh, I started to feel better, but then I started drinking. 
again and that's when everything changed that's when that's when the um that's when i really became you know a big problem um i don't want to make this story like really really long because i could can go i can go forever but that that time the mixing of alcohol and medication takes it to another level because you know when you drink you get drunk and i know there's blackouts and all that but when you drink and you take medication, it's like you're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. As soon as I you experience that too. Yeah, right? It's like you, you're you gone. And all the things that you do and that, that happen, it's like you don't even rem- – like it's not even a blockout. It's like, did, it, did that happen? It's just really different. Yeah. Mm, it happens really quick. It's like, so, a, it's like a mystery you have to put. That's what me and Natalie was called, like sober CSI. You're like trying to put it all together. Like what just happened? Yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's not even a black. It's almost like you just missed a chunk of your life. Yes. Yeah. And we, we all have those stories, right? When you wake up and you see, is, is, is you, you know, is your husband next to you? Oh, okay, things were good. Or he's mm-hmm. not next to you. Oh my gosh, what did I do? He's angry or he's not angry. All those things. But my drinking, okay, so drinking and, and, and medication takes it to another level. After wow. that, I had three more visits to the hospital. These were, these were because um, I had drunk too much and medication, you know, my husband decided to take me to the hospital. There were two of them. The third one was a bad one. I fell and I bruised my face and then I ended up in... Um, an ICU for mm. one. Um, so that was that was bad. And yeah. even after that one, I still did not stop drinking. Um, I wasn't drinking a lot, but again, it's the medication. You know, I would drink seriously. Like I'm like I drank two glasses of wine, but it was the medication of the alcohol and the drugs and just I don't know. So. I find, you know, I was talking to my therapist and she's like, I think you, um, I think you have a problem. I think you're an alcoholic. And I'm sitting in front of her after being three times in the hospital because of alcohol intoxication and, you know, medication after being in the ICU for one night and all that. And I'm still looking at her like, what are you talking about woman? Mm-hmm. No. And yeah. this is, important for me to say because a lot of people I think they they are still we are in this world so we kind of understand that there's so many different um this disease has you know it's just huge if it's a disease or habit whatever it is um I honestly thought that I needed to be that person that lives under a bridge or that drinks early in the morning and that's all they can do and they lose their family I thought that was, you know, an alcohol, a person with an alcohol problem looked like. Um, I didn't think it looked like me. I thought that even the things that were happening were just like, well, it's just the anxiety and depression and the little alcohol. I I don't know. It's just just justifying. That word word can be so jarring. And even as you said it, even as you said it, um, that your therapist said you were an alcoholic, even as you said it to me, a person in recovery, it's jarring. It hurts to hear because it it feels like like an attack, right? It feels like this total judgment. And um, yeah. It's a hard word, even though I keep telling myself it's just a word, doesn't mean everything. I try to look at it as 
an alcoholic with a little a, not a capital A. Like it's just a thing. But well, it's, it's so conclusive. Yeah, it's like it's so absolute and conclusive um, and extreme, right? Yeah. Whereas now that we've been in the in recovery for a while, we know that it's a spectrum. Yeah. And um, and then that word to me that that softens that word for me if I look at it but not everybody is you know not everyone's in recovery so they don't all see it that way but you're right it is it feels like it's such an extreme word um but it really can just be a spectrum of 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 where you could fall you know where you can be it can kind of encompass a lot um alcohol dependency I guess is another or or I, I like to say I drink I drank alcoholically because I yeah, did. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> but 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 Deanna, so did did she get your attention? Because that word gets your attention, right? Yes, she definitely got my attention. And 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 you're right. I mean that's a that's a tough word. When I heard it, I was like, oh my God. But I think I think that by now I think we get caught up with that word too much and things are just can be simple, you know. It's, doesn't have to be so complicated but anyway yeah she got my attention and after that what do you do I, I don't know anything else than AA so that's what I did I look for AA and I look for a meeting um, only women and close to me well actually not close to me a little bit different town in Wimberley um, and I remember I was driving to that to the meeting and I'm very bad with directions I get lost everywhere like in my house I can get lost so I I was driving there and it was past way past the time of the meeting it was like 20 minutes into the meeting and I couldn't find the place and I'm like God you know this is your sign that I'm good I'm not gonna go and then I talked to God again and I'm like okay if I find the place in the next five minutes then you really want me to go and I'll go so I found the place I'm Mm -hmm. like okay so I got in the meeting and, and everybody was so lovely. You know how it is lovely, welcoming. And I felt great. Um, for, and so I started going to the meetings and I got my sponsor for the first three weeks. I want to say, I didn't say I was an alcoholic. I was like, hi, I'm Diana and I don't know what I am. And I love that. Yeah. Because like, you can I, do that. <laughs> You can do you can do whatever you want. You can really be there and see and test the waters and and if you don't like it, you don't have to stay. You can find other meetings now. We know that. Yeah. And well, I, I just want to the- punctuate that because I know a lot of listeners sometimes uh, or, or just people in general like they think you have to go in there and say that word. And like I said, it's charged. Um, you don't have to. I didn't say it when I first started going either. It didn't feel right. I didn't believe it. Um, um, but anyhow, I think that's important that I want to just back up. Did you did you go to this meeting out of town because you wanted to go out of town so you wouldn't know anybody? Yes. That, me too. <laughs> that's a way. That's like the way you kind of do it at the beginning because you don't want anybody. You don't want to run into anybody you know. But if you run into anybody you know, they share that common problem with you, which is actually yeah. a good thing. But in the beginning, it's scary, right? At the beginning, because, you know, you may, you're going to make it more, like, real. And yeah. what if, and then you start thinking about other things. What if later on you drink again and then that person? I mean, yeah, I wanted to not be around my town. And I wanted to be in a, in a women's meeting. So, 
But yeah, it is important, you know, that I talk to my sponsor and I said, listen, I, I'm not sure that I'm an alcoholic, so I don't feel comfortable saying that. And she's like, you don't have to. I'm like, oh, okay. So for, you know, we started doing the work and I started to, um, to get into, into AA and, and I, I started to love it and I started to understand the book and the, and, and everything. And I'm like, and I got to that point that I'm like, well, you know, it looks like I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic, you know, it really sounds like I've done all these things. So yeah, I guess I am. And who cares? You know, the important thing is that I'm here, that I'm doing the work and that I'm not drinking. And I mean, just saying that I didn't, I didn't, I finally felt like it wasn't a big deal. I didn't want it to be about the work. I yeah. wanted it to be about the work that I was doing. Um, yeah. That's so important, Diana. Yeah, mm -hmm. that message, like what you're saying, and I'm not saying that AA is for everyone, but I'm saying like, it's like I no longer wanted to live how I was living. So I would try anything. Yeah. I was open. You know, that's kind of the big thing about being open and willing. And it was like, I'm open to hearing. I was open for everything. You know, I was really seeking. And to be able to walk into a room of women um, and be supported and loved. What do they say in the rooms? Um, We're going to love you until you love yourself. Yeah. That's totally the feeling that I got, even though I was scared or even though I judged it or even though I didn't want to go. Um, I never was sorry that I went. Yeah, me too. And it's still happening. And, you know, we can be open to things uh, we can say and we can be open to things, but we actually have to do the things yeah. to really, you know, feel like we're up. So people say like, yeah, you know, I hear about AA or other things or and I'm okay with it. Well, you kind of have to go and check it out and see it for yourself, that and other things, you know, any sobriety courses online or anything that, yeah. that, you know, you're open to you be open, but also do something about it. Then you're really open about it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and I think getting a sponsor and doing the steps, I mean, you can go to meetings. Um, that's great. And that's a wonderful way in to kind of feel your way around. But I think if you're looking for relief or for progress or kind of um, inquiry work that kind of asks you who you really are, you got to do the work, like you said. That, that yeah, that's absolutely. key. Meetings aren't aren't going to keep me sober, but um, but doing the work definitely kept me sober. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, and that work is required of you. No matter, yeah, no matter wh whether you you know do a twelve step program or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you need that. That's anytime that you're going to change something. There's going to be a big change in your life. Um, you need to take some steps. There has to be some kind of things that you need to do, whether you, whatever route you go through. So yeah, I really, really dove in the work and I was head, you know, and I was doing it and I was happy and I was sober for a year going to AA and I was happy, but I think, um, in the, in, you know, looking back, I really wanted to get my act together and I really do want it. I really wanted to prove myself to myself and like my family that I was okay and I always had in the back of my head that it wasn't really the alcohol. It was the combination of the alcohol and the medication, mm. you know? So you're so, going to give it one more shot. <laughs> I was going to give it one more shot. And people around me will, oh, by the way, I stopped taking medication and, and my anxiety went away. My depression went away. So 
all those things were alcohol induced. Right, right. All those, yeah. I stopped everything within like, I think four months of starting, of being sober and healthy and doing the work spiritually and all that. I, I was ready to, to just not have anything of that in my life. And um, I have a little bit of anxiety, but flying is a big thing for me, but for specific things. But anxiety doesn't come to me just, just because, like it used to. So everything was alcohol induced. That's that's a big one. And after a year being sober, and so again, people around me were like, "Yeah, I don't think you you had a problem. I think you know it was more like the combination." And I wanted to hear that, and I kept hearing that, and I'm like, "Right." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I decided to go back drinking in what was that? I think 2015. Yes. Um, and I started drinking and it very okay at the beginning. Um, I would drink just when it was a special occasion or something like that, like my birthday or like maybe a, a nice dinner with my husband and things like that. Um, and, but then very quickly, so this happened very quickly, like within a year. So I started drinking a little bit, then a little bit more then thinking about drinking all the time, like when am I going to drink, at what time, when am I going to stop, all that, uh, that is horrible. And and then I started to drink earlier, then I started to drink uh, vodka instead of wine. I mean, but all this happened within months. It happened so quick. Mm-hmm. And it's like going down the hill. Right. It was bad. And at the same time, but I, I have a post, on my account that I said you can be you can be crashing something like you can be crashing down and hard while crafting the ultimate flight of your life Hmm. so I felt that that was what's happening to me at the same time that I was going down like quickly I was looking into different things to get sober I was looking into Tommy Rosen's you know recovery 2.0 and I found Holly Whitaker in Hip Sobriety. And then I started to um, find Facebook groups. And I started to read all the memoirs, that, you know, all of them, um, while still drinking. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, I was getting myself ready yeah. to be done. And, and so nothing big happened this time. There was no hospital. There was nothing involved. It was just... You know, I drank a lot July 16, 2016. And then the next day, my mom was here actually. And and I just woke up. How you wake up super sad and, you know, that yeah. feel. And I said, that's it. I'm done. I can't do this. And this is not the person that I am. And I, and I also, I could see where it was going. And I'm like, something really, really bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know, I will hurt myself or I will hurt somebody else. Um, this is going to be, this is going to be the end. And I didn't want that to be the end because I knew there was so much more to me than that. I knew. Right. Well, you had had a taste of, of sobriety and what was available to you when you were sober. Um, I want to highlight something else that you mentioned too, Whenever we quit drinking for a certain amount of time, 
And if if you go back, if you start again, you're right. Something you know, something bad might not necessarily happen. You may not go completely off the rails. But what it does is it it fires up that phenomenon of craving again, yeah. which is maddening because it completely consumes all of your brain space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's um, that's a big piece of it. Well, you can't you can't unknow what you know now. So like going right. to AA kind of ruins your drinking because or or reading or reading blogs or joining communities or reading the memoirs because you you start you what is it Maya Angelou says when you know better you do better. So you started to know a better way, um not that it was any one way was the the golden ticket, but you knew better. And you can't, yeah, and, and you I, can't stop knowing that. Yeah, I was trying to to change what reality was, you know, and and no, I knew better, and and also we're going really fast. Like I think that's when I started drinking for the first time, as early as like I don't know, ten in the morning. I did it a couple of times. And that was like the last thing in my check. You know, you know, when you're like yeah. all these things I've done, but I haven't drunk in the morning. I don't do that. And then you're like, oh, okay. I did mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. yeah. It's like so, a line. It's like a line in yeah. the sand you draw and you're like, I will never cross that line. And then you cross it. And so you extend the line out a little bit farther. Okay. Well, I will never do that. <laughs> and if I cross that line, then I have a problem. And then eventually you cross it. So you just redraw the line. Yeah. Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced over a year's worth of content and have over a quarter million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing, you can be a patron of this show for as much as you'd like, even if it's just a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the Unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. And I was, that was the end. That was, it was going to be my new life. Um, For sure. I decided that I did not want to do AA, that I wanted to do this in a different way. Um, And so that's when I found, as I said, hip sobriety school. I didn't do it, but I was very into all this Instagram world. And I met all of you girls and I have, you know, I met Katie and Jen and all these friends. Um, and connections. And I decided to do kind of work on my own uh, and with my therapist and and just a lot of research and books um, and and just kept going like that. And that's when I found yoga too, came along with my um, sobriety. I dove in, in, in yoga and that was huge. That was a huge, huge, big part of my recovery. Um, and and I went from there. I went to um, She Recovers. And then I met a lot of you. And can you hear me? Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. go by yourself? Did yeah. you go by yourself to She Recovers? I did go by myself. <sighs> You're so brave. Uh, it was crazy. Yes. I, <laughs> I, know, I was very good friends with Katie. I'm still, I'm still very good friends with Katie. Um, by then, I, I felt like I knew a lot of you guys. And... Yeah, I went by myself and I don't fly. I'm afraid of flying. So that was right. Yes, that was hard. But I'm so glad I did because yeah. it took 
you know, it took it to a different level. That's when I, I was already very open and feeling really proud of sobriety, but that took it to another level where I wanted to actually talk about it. When I wanted, I wanted to show my, my lifestyle to others around me in my community, you know, because a lot of people knew me and thought that I had a lot of good things going on, which I did, but I wanted to be like, and, but also let me tell you what happened to me, yeah. you know, <laughs> tell you a little bit of what goes on that, that we don't know about and it's okay. Yeah. So, well, yeah. And Katie, who you're talking about is Katie Strabley and she's been on the podcast before and she's yeah. Katie Chronicles on Instagram. Um, that's what I think is pretty cool about social media, just how it has connected us. Right. So you had this little foundation um, I remember standing and talking to you, Deanna. I was really anxious and nervous to be there. You know, I'm with my social butterfly friend, Natalie Fairbrook, and she is just like a people magnet. Yeah. And people love her energy. They love chatting with her. And I'm friendly, but that was a lot. That was a lot to take. You know, I think me and you were kind of off to the side going, hey, <laughs> you know, because it was a lot of, of, of uh, yeah, just a lot of energy. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad I went too. Because it was, um, it helped me to travel and to figure out a few things, um, how to do that a little bit better. And, um, mm. and to forge those in real life connections was nice. And to, to put a face to people's names felt good. Yeah. 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 Great. And as I said, I was so inspired by so many of you and, and, and that I was like, okay, I want to do this work. I want to, I want to do this. I want to just add a little bit more or take another step. And that's when I said, then I came back and decided to go back to AA because a lot of you that I talked to, I'm like, huh, maybe I should give AA another try. And oh. I feel. And so I did that. I found a great sponsor who's an um, instructor in my, the cycling studio that I go to. She's a great girl that I relate to. And I started to go to AA. I'm not going anymore. I did go and I was very happy and all that, but I realized at the end it's not really my route right now. I mean, AA to me is like home base mm -hmm. or like yoga child pose. You can always go there. Yeah, mm -hmm. like that's that. true. I love that. There's always an open chair for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will kick idea. you out if you're not doing it right. Yeah. And I, I go, I think the last time I went, it was like probably three months ago. I just wanted to go there, sit and, and just listen and be present. And it's just a good reminder. My life is so different from what it used to be. And sometimes I forget, you know, um, how bad it was. And I like not to forget how bad it was. That keeps me grounded. Um, I don't live in the past, but I do like to stop for a second and look back and remember and feel all that gratitude in my heart and be like, yes, and feel that pride of what I what I am right now. So um, I do that often, but going to AA also reminds me even more, brings me to that that to that space in that place. So yeah. I love how you said that that AA is like child's pose. Like, yeah, you yeah. can just return to it. You don't. It doesn't have to be anything more than what it is. It, it's what you. Yeah. It's what you decide, which is what we learn there, right? We learn how to yeah. make our own quote unquote program, which can, for me, it's branching out and doing all these other things too lately. It's the foundation for me, but I, it's what 
got me on this path of learning how to live more in integrity. And but I think you can get that um, a lot of other places too. So it's nice to it's nice to know that you have a seat there, Diana, and that you can you can take it when you need it. Yeah, when I teach my classes, that's one of the first things that I say at the beginning is, you know, this is my offering and this is this is the class and this is what we're going to do. But at any point during the class, child pose is always there available for you. And if you decide to, to get there, then that's your practice and that's okay. So that's mm-hmm. exactly how I feel with AA. It's child pose is there. And if I decide to go there, it's fine, <laughs> you know, so oh, yeah. I like that. I like that too. Well, so why don't we tell our listeners what is lighting you up right now? How, how you've been filling the void that alcohol, you know, once used to take up in your life, like, because you have just been creating a lot of beauty and um, healthy choices in your life. Can you share that with our listeners? What, what path and how you got there and what you wanted to do um, with your creative energy? Yeah, for sure. I think the, the, the most important thing that happened is that when I stopped drinking, and it happens to a, a lot of us, I think, when, once we stop drinking, we think that the problem is gone, and actually the solution of all the problems is gone. Right. <laughs> so I think the first thing for me was once alcohol was out of my life and it was just wasn't coming back, I was able to address all the things that um, led me to drink the way I was drinking on the first place. So that's, that was the first step. Go continue to go to therapy to understand the, um, you know, the boundaries that I was not setting the codependency issues that I had with my mom and with my husband, um, the childhood traumas that I thought they weren't a big deal, but they were actually, yes, they were. I had to work through all those things, uh, first that's that's I think it was it's very important and I and, and and that's the first thing I did to really work all those underlying things that that were hard for me yeah. um yeah that was the, the first step once I started to feel more like okay I can you know my relationship with my husband changed and my mom and I I was this new person setting boundaries and doing things that I wanted to do, not that society or whoever was expecting me to do. Uh, that's when, okay, that's when all these passion for things started to come up to the surface because I just felt uh, confident again, you know, and I didn't have all this baggage anymore. So mm. I was, I felt light and I felt ready to do things. So the first thing was yoga. Um, I was, yoga was like right at the beginning with the sobriety when I dove into it and, and I just fell in love with yoga and everything that it has to offer. And that was the first thing I, after a few months, I'm like, yes, this is going to be, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a Spanish teacher. So teaching is my passion and something that I like to do. And so I was, yes, I'm going to do this. And I decided to do the yoga teaching training. And as soon as I graduated, I got a job in in my studio in a very uh, popular class, Monday mornings. And I can't believe it, I'm doing it. So yeah, no, I was saying cooking has always been my passion. I've always loved to cook. Um, and um, I've always done it that way that looks in Instagram. I, I promise you, it has a little light and filters, but I always... <laughs> 
put my, my plate together like that and we'll give it to my husband. And I'm like, doesn't this look like a restaurant? And he was like, yeah. Yes, and it does. It really does. You <laughs> have an art form. Yes, your plates of food are just beautiful. Oh, thank you. I really enjoy it. I really, really, really love to cook. And um, and I started to do that more. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just put it out there? And maybe some people can get inspired by some of the recipes and things I do. Um, I don't eat meat, so it's like more plant-based. So I, I created that um, Instagram account, My Soul and Bold, and it was... Uh, at the beginning, a lot of cooking. Now I'm adding. I wanted to. I wanted to be more about my yoga and, um, you know, just wellness overall. And yeah, so that's that's what is what I'm at right now. I'm studying, teaching, and I want to do more of that. I'm fascinated and and just love my yoga, and I wanted to give it um, to just keep putting it out there. Most importantly, I want to leave the yoga off the mat. I know you've heard that term, but that's my goal. Um, and I'm not there yet. Sometimes I am. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm right? Sometimes it's not. So that means there's more work to do. Um, and, and my cooking is what brings me peace. And, and it, you know, it's my creativity outlet. And, yeah. So, so Diana, I know we've chatted about this Um but cooking also, I mean, it is so beautiful. Your f- Instagram feed is so vibrant. And, and yes, that is your art form. That is your art. I can tell by the way you plate it and prepare. And just it's an offering that you're giving your family or whoever you're feeding. It's really beautiful. Um, my question, and I may know the answer, but um, the listeners won't. Did you have any, how was it cooking and not having and not drinking? Like, how was that for you um, in the beginning? Like, was that a ritual that you had, you know, cooking and drinking? Did you tie those two together? No, not really. Because um, I cooked all the time. It wasn't like I was just cooking on Fridays with some drinks. Like, I would cook, like, the way I cook, like this. To me, I relate cooking with music. Like, Mm -hmm. I put music loud, and then I'm cooking. So, you know, it wasn't really a big thing uh, with – I didn't have that ritual of out wine with me all the time maybe one of the days you know because it just happened to be but it wasn't like I'm gonna cook I'm gonna drink no right well so, that's good because yeah. I love to cook as well but it when I when I stopped drinking that really kind of ruined cooking for me for a little bit like it took me mm-hmm. a, a while to get back to it so oh. you're that's so that's good that's wonderful that you had you still had your cooking and that could be sort of a respite for you and it, it, and a way to create and it wasn't marred by, you know, any sort of triggering. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah. 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 I can see that. I, other things, right. Like, you know, traveling at the beginning was hard for me because traveling was always related with alcohol. So I can see other things, but no, cooking, cooking was, uh, was not like that. Yeah. So traveling, you just took this really big trip to Turkey with your family. And so I know you have anxiety about flying. Yeah. We chatted about that um, briefly. Um, How did you, how did you do? And then also you showcased the food and your experiences there. Just, I mean, not a ton, but you did share with, um, with us on Instagram, like what was going on with you over there. And it just looked incredible. So how, how was that for you for having such a big trip? And you were there three weeks, two weeks. 
No, more than three weeks, like more three weeks yeah. something like that. Um, the flight experience on the way there, it was fine. It's a very good flight, direct flight from Houston to Istanbul, and it's at night. And it was just good. I was nervous, but I had all my things, uh, my essential oils and music that I like, and and just my breathing. You know, my yoga practice helps. Uh, and I did a lot of meditation before the flight, during the flight. I just, you know, I, I did what I could. And so it was fine. I was nervous, you know, whenever the plane moves and all that, but that's normal. But it was fine. Um, I still have tons of pictures I'm, that slowly, slowly I'm going to post. Sandra, I have a picture with your dress that I can't wait. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm going to send it to you, but it was just magic. I love that picture with your dress. That dress was the one that you bought at the Women's Circle? Yes. Sandra, what was that made with that, that she got? <laughs> That, um, I'm every once in a while I'll, I, cause I have a lot, I've over the years, I've collected a lot of vintage crochet. And so, um, every once in a while I'll make a dress out of vintage crochet. They, they take me a long time to make cause I hand stitch them together, <laughs> but yeah, that's what that was. It you was made a, that dress for Deanna. Like it, 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 it's like, it, you didn't even know it was good, but, but you did you, when you were making that, you must've known this is going to fit Deanna. This yeah, is gonna I just was speechless, Deanna, when you put that on at the women's circle. So I am so glad that you, that, that, that dress belonged to you for sure. That would be my next post, my, my next post. I was, I was thinking about it and I just, I can't wait for you to see it. Um, oh, I can't I wait. And it, okay, well. We'll talk about. And I'm looking different than what I thought it was going to look, but it was just beautiful. And I got so many compliments. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the trip was amazing. Um, I love, love, love Istanbul. I love Turkey. Everything about it. Food, um, you know, people are amazing and the places that we went to. So I have a lot of other pictures that I want to share. Um, one thing I have to say, I don't have a good relationship with my sister-in-law. She is just a very interesting person. And I want to use that word so I don't use other words. <laughs> interesting uh, in quotes and air quotes there. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I like that. I would say, but I'm not. We're going to honor that. <laughs> yes. And it, this was very humbling for me. Very, very, a very humble experience because I went there. I hadn't gone to Turkey in five years, which is crazy. I've been there many times. But this was my first time going there after five years, uh, my first time going sober. Um, I've always had issues with my sister-in-law. She does not like me. We've always fight. Well, she fights, and I am just happened to be there in her fight. Um, but I thought, you know, and I'm into yoga. I've been doing this yoga work and all this self-care and, like, awareness, whatever work for this long that I'm like, you know what? I think I got this. I think I'm going to be okay. And I felt, you know, I feel mature and I feel, you know, all those things. And so I was telling my husband over there, there was this yogi Mexican side, like kind of fighting all the time. You know, the yogi side of me was like compassion and love, breathe into it, be okay. But the other side was like, you are a crazy person. <laughs> 
I need to tell you that. And, you know, <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. But well, so you're warring with yourself. We are many things, aren't we? That's right. <laughs> yeah. We are complicated beings. <laughs> we are. And so it happened, you know, we had a situation and, it, you know, and I was very, I was kind of upset with myself because I felt that I could have done better. And then, but now looking back, so that happened in the moment. Now looking back, first of all, it just tells me that I need to do more work in in myself. Why? Because I allow her and her energy to affect me a lot. And that's just has nothing to do with her, has to do with me. So um, it's it's a good thing that happened. It just opened my eyes to to the more, little bit more work that I have to do. What a, what a but, great way to look at it, Deanna, right? And and would you, you couldn't have looked at that probably that way before if you were drinking because it's not clear. No, I would have been like, it's, you know. Well, you would have felt justified, first of all. First of all, justified, exactly. And at this point, I feel like I have some part of it as well. You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. there, there's some of me, some part of me that creates also this thing and I know exactly what it is I can go and tell you everything but I know what it is that I bring to the table so this honesty comes right away uh this wouldn't happen if I was drinking for sure I wouldn't be able to look at it from you know step out and be like okay what's happening here you know and that's what I'm able to do now is that from do you take that from your step work like from step four like you know, like that fourth column that is your part in things, like seeing your part in things? Yeah, a combination of that, a combination of also in yoga practice, we do that. We kind of, when you go, you get into your meditation, um, there are different ones that you kind of go through what, what you did and how you felt. You connect what you feel in your body to your thoughts. You know what I mean? Like when, I, when I'm in front of her, I tense right away. And I know that it's because I'm feeling something. So it's a little bit of, of the step work, a little bit of just being, you know, a person who's mature and knows that I don't like her. Just a little bit of, of, of everything. Um, but it was, so that was a li- the little part in the, in the trip that it was, it was difficult, but I was so happy that I was sober, that I w- went through it with and you know, with a clear mind that even though it was annoying and, and painful, I did, I don't suffer anymore. You know what I mean? Like I can, mm-hmm. I get to feel all the feelings, but I never suffer anymore. That's a um, gift. Suffering is, is, is really optional. You mm-hmm. know, life will give you a lot of things. It's just how it is. Um, it, it will give you pain and sadness and, and anger and difficult times, but suffering, it's really up to you. You, you kind of stay there and I don't do that anymore. So, well, and that's the growth right there. That is your evolution. Um, you know, coming back and not beating yourself up for, you know, maybe losing your shit for a minute instead of reframe, you know, instead reframing it and, and forgiving yourself and, you know, and then learning from, learning from the experience and how you can do it better next time. Yeah. And, you know, it takes days. It took me a few days after I came back, like the, you know, the aftermath. And I was upset and upset to these and upset to that. And so, but, but I recognized it. I'm like, I'm, this is not going to be great for a few days. I need to kind of 
realize everything that happened. But the same thing, you know, I'm okay not being okay. Yeah. And that's what sobriety has given me. Before, I had to be happy or I had to be... Now, I'm like, I'm not okay and that's okay. It's fine. Yeah, you have... So, you have new solutions, right? Because, like you said before, like the alcohol was the solution, right? Mm -hmm. Not the problem. But now you have a whole, you know bunch of, of, of solutions that you can pull out, which is from your yoga teacher training or from the work that you've done on your sobriety. Yeah. I love that, Diana. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You were flying back on a plane on your two-year, right? You did a post where you were flying back um, in the plane on your two-year sober-versary. And um, I'm just, I, that's so cool. That's so I cool. Your path. And, thank, and I didn't know your whole story, Diana, even though I've chatted with you a few times and had, um, you know, the interview that we did with you. But I like, I think that's going to be helpful for our listeners to know, like, sometimes you have to, it, there's stops and starts in this. And yeah. um, I think the point that you, that you made that you also made in the interview is that you wanted to talk about, you know, cross addiction and codependency yeah. and how um, that's, you know, a big part of why we drink. And yeah. um, so, gosh, thank you. You don't, don't get to hear that often, you know, and not, not because we're not trying to talk about it, but we just go with other things. In it. But I think that's very real. All the other things that stay there after you stop drinking, yeah. um, still there. We do have a little bit of work to do on those things. And then the other steps, you know, the other things come. I think it's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, well, we could, um, we could keep going, but I think we probably have to wrap it up. We keep saying we're going to make these a little bit shorter, but we just really can't because we just love <laughs> talking to our friends. We're trying people. <laughs> we're trying, but not that hard. Um, so this is the part of the podcast where if you're new to the show and you don't know it's, we call it the unruffled toolbox and it is, um, you know, to be unruffled is to be calm or not agitated. So we're like, what are those things that help you get there? Which can either be sobriety related or creative, um, you know, related to your creativity. What's something that, that is your go-to? And so we ask our guest, Diana, to name the top three things that they want to share with our listeners that is in your sobriety toolbox. I mean, your unruffled toolbox. Yeah. What you got? Okay. Well, first of all, two things, very quick. I wanted to say... Everybody has different tools, right? That's important for me to say because yeah. these are my tools, but then my tools might not work for you. So, and sometimes we, I, I, you look up to somebody or you, you hear somebody and you want what they have. So you want to do those things, but then they, they don't work and you get frustrated. So, yeah. you know, you have to find your own tools. But, and then the other thing, tools change, you know, they change. I have a lot of them and some of them then they change and they I change for another ones and they keep so it's not something that stays okay. right yeah for sure um, okay so the first one for me and you've heard this before I know but uh, it's physical movement it's just getting your body to move um, I think it's really important just in life to do something that gets you going to get to get that blood you know flow and all that um you just have to find what is it that you like and it can be whatever go for a walk yoga cycling um even dance just put a nice song in the morning in your house when you're alone and just dance jump around a little bit you jump something 
to get you moving. I think that's definitely my first one. Then the second one that you've heard too is uh, meditation. Yeah. And I was listening to you guys the last episodes and I know you are talking about it, but meditation we can that can look like many other things. It can look like praying, you know, praying also or like quiet time or timeout, whatever you want to call it. We just need time to quiet our mind, to train our mind, to to do different, to 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 be, you know, our minds are beautiful and they're so it's a just an amazing thing, but they're also very stupid. Like they create they we want to stay busy. Our brains want to stay busy. Yeah. They, that's they want, they want to think and, and make and create. <laughs> they like to create stories sometimes that are not true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We need to challenge our brains and our minds and be like, hold on a second. That story might not be entirely true. And really, the only way for you to do that, for us to do that, is to to sit down and to stop, to breathe, and to connect and, and with your mind, right? So meditation is it's not, I can't tell you it's an easy thing for me. I can't tell you that, oh, you know, I still fight it a little bit in the training. We do it every time, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go. But I do it every day. Every day I meditate. Um, it's very important. So you can it, it can be something different. It can be whatever it is, but meditation, being with yourself, quiet your mind, challenge your mind. It's a big one. Hmm. For I'm, work, me. I'm working on it. I know you are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I agree. And it's helping. Um, and it's it's just telling my mind that it doesn't have to be a certain way. Too, is the way you know is just, it's funny how much, you know, we can talk to ourselves and how much I can talk myself out of it too. Um, but it's, it's definitely, I'm seeing, um, some, some nice side effects from it. So it's encouraging me to keep going. So, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. It will, it will come, it will be easier. And then it will just be, it will be something that you have with you anywhere you are, anywhere you go at any time, just right there for you. That's right. That's true. And then the third one will be to just find your passion. Mm. Find something that makes you feel really good about yourself. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. You don't have to be, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Whatever it is, something that really makes you feel passionate and good and proud about yourself. Um, whatever that is to me i found that cooking it cooking and yoga are my two really big passions right now in life and so i'm like really um diving into it i couldn't agree with you more because we have this void to fill you know after we stop drinking because there's a lot of time invested in that in Mm -hmm. the preparing and the shopping and the gatherings and the socializing um so then when you're left with all this time, it's like, what, what do I really like to do besides drinking? Yeah. I had to really think about that um, and, and get that. So you're right. Finding something that fills you up and that, yes. like, and then and that you really and I, love. 
and that you really love so you can keep going. And then again, it doesn't have to be something that you put out there. It could be as simple as um, to, you know, read. My passion is to read. So go ahead and read all the books and have them and soak them, you know, and maybe yeah. talk about it. Something like that. It doesn't have to be something that you have a website or something, you know, just yeah. something that really motivates you, that makes you feel alive and that you in that you feel proud of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly think that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Uh, well, Diana, am I going to see, are you going to She Recovers in LA? I am. <gasps> so I am. I'm going to see you. All right. Super excited. It's been a little rough because it's the same weekend as, as my son's birthday. So I'm working things out, but I already have my registration and everything. So I'm excited. Okay. Well, we'll have to get some un- an unruffled picture. I'll try to find, I'll post something in the group. Maybe we can find each other and take a little sh- photo or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That and and Sandra, if you're not going to be there, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bringing laminated Sandra with me again. <laughs> so, <laughs> just so you know, Diana, you got to meet laminated Sandra last time, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I don't think she. I was. She was in my purse the whole time. If you didn't meet her, she was nearby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I laminated or Natalie na- laminated Sandra's head, and uh, put her on a stick, and then we would do photo ops with her. So. Oh my gosh, that's oh. hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> if, if Sandra's okay with that, we'll do that again. Yeah, <laughs> you get to approve the photo, Sandra. Um, well, Diana, thank you so much for sharing part of your story with everybody. I know it's not the whole thing, but I do appreciate how transparent and open you are, just to help share with our listeners. You know, for those who are on this path, or for those who are thinking about getting on this path, right? It's yeah. important to hear other women share and, and, and see like what they've done or, or how they got here. For sure. Thank you for having me. Um, I love talking to you and I love the work that you're doing. Um, and I love you. So it was, it was really, really fun. It's a love fest. I, that's why I'm loving this summer series. It's like, it's so nice to just talk with our friends and, and it feels really effortless. So um, yeah. thank you so yeah. much, Diana. Thank you. Um, where can Thank people you, find you Diana. again? Can you? Like, oh yeah, let them know? please mention. Yeah, where can they find you? So, uh, my Instagram account at my soul and bowl. That's where I. I think I'm. You know, that's where I share my recipes and what I think my next step is gonna be. I'll be doing something with cooking. I have some ideas. Nothing is out. Nothing. Nothing is concrete yet. That's why I'm not saying anything. But um, that at my soul and bowl, and also at Diana Unlu is the other one, the other account that I have. I also have an email um, from my bowl and soul. No, from my soul and bowl. And um, if you have any questions about this or anything else, if you guys, you know, I can always send me an email. What's the extension on that for people? Um, my soul and bowl at what? No, it's just. Uh, at, what is at Gmail at yes. Gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then if, if we have listeners that are living in Austin and want to come to your yoga class, can you remind people what the name of the studio is? Yes, Sandra, you need to come. I do need to come. I know I was field just, trip. When you mentioned it, I was just thinking, why haven't I gone to your yoga class yet? Okay. We're gonna make it happen. We're going to, we're talking Mel, Jen, Sarah, and you maybe to come and then we'll go and eat somewhere or just hang out. Oh, how fun would that be? I want to go to, um, 
the the cake and wait, what is it called? The Golden the pastry plate. Golden cake bones. Yes. Yes. We have to. You love this place. What's I it called? Skulls and it's, cake bones? It's called Skull yes. and Cake Bones. Yes. And and because you have mentioned them so much, I follow them on Instagram now. And oh, my God. <laughs> and I hope, I really want for a reason, I want Sasha. I think that you, you need to meet Sasha. I don't know if you heard her story, but. I've a, read a little bit of her story. I do need to meet her. Yes. I think you need to meet her and I can feel I, she will be amazing in this podcast just because, you know, a little bit of her story. Anyway, she's a success story of recovery as ah. well. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. This sounds like a, so like a mission. A this is a mission. Yeah, this Sandra. is happening. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I know these girls and I love them and I see them often. And there's a little bit of collaboration thing that might happen with them. So, mm. yes, get to know them a little bit. So when you're ready, I can put that. I can help a little bit because that would be good. Okay, anyway, I'm going to follow them too. I, yeah, they're awesome. Um, the studio that I teach at is um, Del Sol, Austin. Um, and it's in um, Southwest Austin. Great. Uh, well, thank you, Deanna. Then I will see you in just a, a month and a half or so. I look forward to it. Me too. I can't believe it. I'll see you then. Thank you. Have a great day. Me. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.